Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada. And I've got to tell you, we had our first light snowfall in this part of Ontario this morning. So everything was quite white and Christmassy for a while. And we're here with episode number 146 of The Yacking Show. This is a show for awakening you to new perspectives for the changing world we find ourselves in. And it's certainly changing. As always, we have interesting guests. But it's not my job to introduce guests. Kathleen does it a lot better than I do. I first welcome my co-host, Kathleen. How are you doing today, Kathleen? I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you for that intro. And um, thank you also very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate you and we love reading your comments. So please keep those coming. And if anyone out there is interested in being a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. Her name is Charlotte Silverstein. Charlotte, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm in Los Angeles, nice, so no here. snow right. here. <laughs> it's very nice out. <laughs> I've got to say, we had a good run this fall. Uh, it's only in the last week the temperatures have really dropped. Um, we, we've been spoiled, and now it's come with a shock. Anyway. <laughs> I just want to mention my, my internet seems to be a little bit shaky right now. So my apologies if um, we have a little bit of technical issues. So, but um, Charlotte, um, you are an expert in public relations and you've pre previously worked on uh, with some top PR firms in the US and you've now founded your own firm based out of, as you said, Los Angeles, which is called Lena Rose PR. Can you tell our audience a little bit about your background and how you came to establish your own PR firm? And by the way, how did you come up with the name Lena Rose PR? Yeah, so to work it back just a little bit, um, I started off in the PR world working on the talent side. So I'm in Los Angeles. That means representing actors and actresses on the TV series you might see on Netflix, Hulu, and the movies. Um, and, you know, it was really great, a wonderful learning experience. You know, all the glitz and glam goes away very quickly. Um, you know, what you might see in front of the camera is not what goes on behind the scenes. It really just wasn't resonating with me personally. But one of the firms I was at, there were so many different departments, you know, brands, um, fashion, food and beverage. And whenever I had some free time, I would help out on those teams. And I really felt a much stronger connection with, with those entrepreneurs um, in those industries. So I sort of started to make the shift away from talent and more towards, you know, lifestyle and um, authors and food and beverage, like you might've seen on my website. And then about four years ago, I just decided, you know what, um, I really want control over what types of clients I'm working on. I, I want to make an impact. So I founded Lena Rose PR about four years ago. Um, and it's been going really, really great. I'm so, so lucky to have wonderful clients. Um, and then so behind the name, you know, so many businesses have, you know, it'd be like Silverstein PR or Beauvais PR. And I really didn't want my name fully involved in, in, the, in the business name. So Lena Rose, Lena is actually my middle name. And then Rose is my birth flower. And roses, you know, have so many different layers to them. And I feel like my business and the clients I represent have so many different layers. So I felt that was pretty representative of what I was going for with the ethos and messaging behind the business. Uh, interesting. Inter and I think you've got a lot of 
changes on your website, if I remember rightly, too. Yes, there were little changes on the website, but there's definitely a lot of, of florals and plants and stuff like right. that. <laughs> something, something I picked up from something that you've written on your website is you seem to have quite a big concern about the general direction of PR, and particularly when it comes to opportunities for everyday entrepreneurs. Do you want to expand mm -hmm. on that a little bit? Yeah, so I mean, I, I absolutely understand everyone has their own way of running their businesses, but many PR firms out there, unfortunately, if you don't hit, you know, maybe, for example, a minimum $5,000 budget a month, they, they won't even consider you as a client. And I feel like everyone deserves a chance. Um, there's so many incredible business ideas out there wonderful entrepreneurs. And I wanted to, you know, kind of set the bar that no matter what your budget and your background, you do have access to a publicist. So um, it's not to discredit the big firms. They do an incredible job and their work is great, but I really wanted to open the door and open opportunities for, for PR for, you know, those different groups of people that might not have that big budget right away. Um, and, you know, down the line, you establish that relationship with your client. And, you know, once you have that trust, you know, and they say, Charlotte, now I'm making more money, I'm able to pay you more or what have you. It's just really building that trust. And I don't think you should discredit someone because of their background or budget. So really creating a flexible plan for every type of client out there and starting from zero. So many of them are starting from zero. So, um, I think that's some, an important conversation to have. A lot of PR firms are kind of starting to notice and, and make a shift, but it's still kind of a, a, an issue in the industry. Sure. Because yeah. even if we take some of the huge new tech companies like Facebook, Amazon, and all the rest, they, they all started from very little. And when they exactly. started, they certainly wouldn't have been attractive to any <laughs> big PR agency. I bet there could well be a few agencies kicking themselves now. <laughs> exactly. And, um, you know, I, I love working with clients from, from the way beginning, you know, even if they don't have a website yet, it's just really developing all aspects. You know, I would say, of course, my main focus is PR, but really also acting as a guide on all aspects of their business. If they're mm -hmm. just starting out, I think it's really important and all different aspects go hand in hand. Super. So, so what type of clients do you typically work with? I know you said you work from all spectrums, but can you give us a little bit of insight? Because I, I, I'm wondering what would motivate them to contact you? Not necessarily you. I mean, a PR expert per se, like what right. would motivate them to do that. Yeah. So I, I know some, you know, PR firms focus on hotels only or food and beverage only or airlines only or, you know, authors only. I, I focus on all different industries. I love working with all types of clients. The, the main um, factor here that links them all together is that they're impactful. They're making a positive impact in the world. So whether they're a mental health expert, they're fighting for women's rights, or they're vegan and sustainable, just some sort of aspect of their business is creating an impact that's really helping all of us in the long term. Um, because, you know, as publicists, we work with the media to basically influence, you know, consumers to purchase a product or make a decision. You know, we're behind the scenes and we're telling people what to buy. Um, so it's really important for me that that is linked to something positive, a positive message or a positive product, um, or whether they have a recycle prog program. So really, Often when people come to me, they do see the um, good doing aspect, the do good aspect of um, all the client and that link there. So um, that, that's a lot of the reasons why businesses will find us and reach out. 
Mm -hmm. I got to ask you from that, if you work with such a, a wide variety of clients, that means your network of contacts on the media side has to be huge because <laughs> some media outlet that specializes in wine is probably not going to be very a very good contact for a new range of baby wear, for instance. So how do you get around that one? Yeah, exactly. And it's just been years of building out the Rolodex. And, you know, nowadays, you know, sadly, the media industry has really, you know, been hit hard. Their budgets have been cut. So a lot of writers have gone freelance which means they write for so many different outlets mm -hmm. and different types of industries. Um, but because I established relationships with these writers so long ago, you know, now they're letting me know, Hey, you know, I'm now writing for these five outlets versus one, or I'm uh, writing, okay. you know, about a couple of different industries now. So it's really just making sure I'm staying in the loop with my network, um, which is now very big, as you mentioned, but, um, and just to keeping that relationship, you know, like uh, we've established our relationship and we're always staying in contact and checking in and just even just a quick little email goes a long way to see what people are working on. Um, and then, you know, it's very much research based as well. So if I don't have a contact in a specific industry, you know, we can do the research. We have the software. There's incredible PR databases that we have access to that we can you know, find a contact if we need to cold, cold email someone as well. Wow, very good. <laughs> uh, so here's, here's one that I've been dying to ask you. As you mm -hmm. know, we've interviewed quite a number of your clients and we're amazed that every single one of them speaks so highly of you, which is wonderful. But, oh, but how, where does the magic come from? How do, how do you get that rapport with your clients? And <laughs> I think there's a few different aspects. Um, the biggest thing is, you know, right off the bat, um, vetting my potential clients and making sure our mission's aligned, like we mm -hmm. talked about, they're doing a positive impact. So right, right out of the gate, we have that bond that, that we want to spread a positive message. Um, and then from there, you know, I, I pride myself in, you know, not passing off work to someone else. I'm always, you know, really heavily involved with the client. We do weekly calls. So we really just establish that personal relationship. Um, and then they feel comfortable and they can, you know, be transparent about what's going on in their business and in their personal lives. Um, so really building that rapport is so important. And I find that, you know, if it, it's super easy to get overwhelmed with so much work, um, and kind of easy to pass it off to someone else. So I really try to stay involved on all accounts and all clients. Um, which is why I find that that weekly call is just so important. You know, even if we don't have much to update on, just at least have a little check-in. Um, and sometimes, you know, I'm maybe a little bit too transparent with my clients as to, you know, what goes on behind the scenes, but I think they really appreciate the honesty and the feedback. I'm always sharing what reporters are saying about, you know, the pitch angles, you know, they're loving your product or they're not loving this aspect of your product. We need to adjust. Um, sometimes there's things that I probably should not be sharing with them, but I feel that it's important. So really just, I think it goes back to trust and relationships. Mm -hmm. right? Well, you certainly do it well from the feedback we got. Uh, that's well done. That's, that's good to hear. Thank you. So according to your website, uh, many of your clients have been featured in magazines as well as some major news platforms. <laughs> Can you tell us about some of the big successes on behalf of some of those clients? Mm hmm. 
So I wouldn't say, you know, there's one specific, you know, magazine article or TV interview that I would say was the biggest success. I think it's more so an overarching, you know, strategy, you know, the strategy was successful. Um, I would use an example. I think you had organized Jane on a, mm-hmm. a while ago. She, she and I started from scratch, you know, her website was a mess when we first started working together, she didn't really have a clear direction. So we did a whole rebrand and then built her portfolio up, you know, slowly, you know, started with small blogs and interviews and then built up to TV. Um, so just rather, and that was years of work. So I think for me, the biggest successes have been, you know, watching clients who are starting from basically zero. And now, you know, Jane is doing what she's loving to do and is getting paid, you know, the big bucks Mm -hmm. to go speak on organizing for big companies. Um, so I think for me, the biggest success is watching the overall strategy really come to life and in the end goal being reached, whether it's, you know, landing a book deal, she's landed some book deals or whether someone wants to have their own TV show or raise a certain amount of fundraising dollars for their cause. Um, those to me are the biggest successes. You know, there's some great magazine articles. Of course, we all love getting, you know, the New York Times or an L Canada or a CTV interview, but I, I think for me, it's just really seeing those clients happy to, to reach their goals um, and their Very dreams good. come true. Very good. Mm-hmm. So let's look at the dark side. What are some of the biggest mis- PR mistakes in, in, the, in their strategy? Some of your, some people in the industry, may, not in the industry, if you look at clients perhaps before they come to you, what would be mm-hmm. some of the biggest mistakes they make in their PR strategy? I think um, it's really being closed-minded to other opportunities. So some people will come to me and say, you know, I only want to be featured in the New York Times, or I only, I need a hit in Forbes magazine, or I don't feel like it's successful. You know, I think it's just having those shutters on. Mm-hmm. You have to be open-minded. There are so many incredible outlets out there, so many amazing podcasts that you might not know about, and you have to be willing and able to participate um, and build up your links. You know, if you're closed-minded and you're only focused on a Forbes that may not want to feature you, I think you're just really, you know, hurting your strategy mm-hmm. there. You have to, especially in the beginning, pretty much say yes to almost everything that aligns with your strategy, whether it's, you know, a blog that only has two views. You don't know if that one reader might write for a big magazine as well, or uh- be a big, big banks and, and, you know, purchase your product. So, um, I think it's just, you have to be open-minded and I've had so many people come to me with the a target list that is so tight and small and they're restricting themselves from opportunities there. Mm-hmm. Hmm, interesting. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us what a client can expect when they pick up the phone to call you for the first time? Can you walk us through perhaps some of the process that you take them in, in order to help them? Of course. Yeah. So definitely start off with a quick intro call just to kind of feel them out and make sure, like we were saying, our missions aligned, they fall in line with my company values and they have some sort of a direction. Um, And then from there, you know, we'll gather all the information and put together an overarching strategy. So they will receive uh, sort of a PDF deck with, you know, some target outlets, a timeline that we kind of foresee how long this would take for the PR strategy to come through through together. Um, and then some different, you know, pitch angles and other things, you know, PR is such a broad term these days, you know, of course there's interviews, but now there's also events working with influencers. 
um, coming up with different kind of social strategies. So there's different facets of PR and it's really chatting with the client and figuring out, okay, yes, the interviews are great, but what else can we do to go a step further? What different activities can we do? Is it an Instagram live? Is it making sure you're partnered with the right person on TikTok? Um, is it providing products for charity events? You know, those are all different little aspects of PR that, that often get forgotten. So we put some options there within the deck and then we review it together and then we sort of hit the ground running and move forward. Um, and then once we start working together, which I think is so important is we have them fill out an information sheet. So some of the questions are really silly. Like, do you run? Are you a good cook? You know, that sort of thing, but it really helps me to get to know the client mm -hmm. better on a personal level, but also, you know, come up with creative pitch angles. So for example, Kathleen, maybe you have a a beautiful office space. We could do, you know, an office tour with architectural digest, even though you're focusing on something else in your business, you know, not limiting ourselves to one box. So I think it's so important to get to know the client at the beginning um, and come up with those pitch angles. And then from there, like I said, we have our, our weekly calls and they get monthly reports and we're chatting pretty much every day um, via email as well. So um, there are a lot of different steps to go through. <laughs> right. So I just have a follow-up to that. So if a person mm -hmm. is coming to you and they've done absolutely, uh, they're starting at ground zero and they mm -hmm. don't even have a website. So do you have uh, a team that can help them piece all of this together? Yeah. So up? not, sometimes it's not someone that might be on my team specifically, but I do have partner agencies. For example, I have a go-to web designer or I have a go-to graphics designer, then we'll all work together and make sure everything is aligned and get them partnered up together. Um, that's a big thing too, is I don't want to start working with someone unless they are fully media ready. So, you know, whether they have enough product samples we can send to media or whether their website is, you know, fully functioning and people can make purchases, you know, we need to make sure that's all set because if you do an interview and then someone's trying to mm -hmm. find your website and it's not there, or it's not working, then, you know, what was the point? <laughs> you know, it's just, it's a missed opportunity. So we want to make sure that before we launch the campaign, or at least in the beginning, um, there's at least somewhat of a landing page or a way for people to connect with you um, so that we're not kind of wasting time and we're starting to build up your credibility. So important. Mm -hmm. So something that you're talking about outside partners and agents. So small small businesses, entrepreneurs who, who are really pressed for time and perhaps people like me are not that inclined to get involved in social media. Um, do you have people that can do that for them, that write Absolutely. content for them? Okay. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, and we do, um, pending the client, we'll, we'll mm -hmm. create a social media strategy or if it's, if it's a huge, huge campaign, we'll, we'll outsource that as well. So sure. um, we do have all of those contacts and, you know, for different budgets and that sort of thing. Um, and it might not be, you know, appropriate for the beginning of your campaign, but maybe further down the line, we'll connect to you. So it's really, everyone is on a case by case basis. And I think it's so important for people to understand that one PR strategy you might see out there with a brand that might be similar to yours might not be the best fit for you. Sure. So it's really creating a custom plan. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I got another another one I just thought of too. Um, there's so much talk of the whole nature of work changing between the virus and people working remotely and 
factory jobs being automated and artificial intelligence and, and, and. So a lot of younger people coming out of college now are thinking, what are we going to do? And I know that a lot of people are attracted to PR. So what would your advice be for someone who's perhaps still in high school and, and looking ahead and thinking, what should I study and what should I do with my life? And I, I would like to get into PR. What would be your advice for that person? I mean, absolutely now, you know, the pandemic was awful, but also, you know, a blessing because, you know, you don't have to apply to jobs that are in your city specifically, right, you know, right. so, and there are so many wonderful PR firms across the globe that are always looking for interns or help. Um, and, you know, now you're not limited to just one or two firms in your small town, you know, you can mm -hmm. apply and, and reach big, you know, make connections on LinkedIn, um, continuously networking. And now there's so many amazing networking events online on zoom on Google meets that no, we used to not have access to, you know, when we were in high school. So I think it's really taking advantage of those opportunities there. They have a huge opportunity to, to grow their networks so much more quickly than we did. I think, um, with this online world and it, now even more so than ever with all these online events and so many of them are free. So I think it's just, you know, take advantage of them while you can and while you have the downtime and, um, you know, definitely don't be afraid to reach out and, and volunteer and everyone's always looking for, for help. So I, I think it's just, you know, take advantage of that while you have the time. And um, those free events are really great. There's so many good um, PR networking events online, you know, and, and Facebook groups that they could join and, and get access to those meetings. Wow. That's, that's good advice for youngsters. Mm -hmm. Kathleen, sorry, I've got another one I just thought of. Can I <laughs> jump in while I've got Charlotte? Charlotte, yes. um, you know, you were talking about new stuff, and we know social media has all happened in the last 20 years, and podcasts even probably 10 years ago, people weren't using podcasts. So what do you see looking five years ahead? What do you see as the, the nature of PR in five years' time? How is it going to change a lot? Is it going to be more of what's happening? I think it's going to stay pretty similar. You know, unfortunately, I think as far as the print magazine aspect, that is basically dead. Um, mm -hmm. And it's so sad and unfortunate. And it's really just continuously educating clients that the online opportunities are there and they're actually better for your reach. Um, and to get clients comfortable with all the new platforms, you know, if they're not used to it. Um, and getting comfortable in front of the camera because so many consumers these days do want to know the face behind the brand. Sure. So um, getting clients comfortable showing up, whether it's quick social media videos or, you know, hopping on an online forum and networking events. Um, so I don't think it's going to change too, too much in terms of, you know, what the tech out there is now. I think we're all online, but really just keeping on educating them um, you know, some of them still come to us and say, well, I want to be in the print newspaper in my hometown. And that's, that's wonderful, but you're not going to get the same impact no. um, these days anymore. So it's just Great. so important um, to get on the podcast like yours and um, show up. So I think that yeah. we're still heading in this direction. Yeah. I mean, just an example, I, I wanted to check one of our um, uh, interviews on uh, Facebook and I got onto the homepage and they had something about tractors and I, I've been a farmer a lot of my life so oh, let me have a look at that 1.7 million views in the last couple of years and I'm thinking you know this is a guy in a small town in Nebraska you know if, mm -hmm. he, if, he'd, if he'd been on every page 
in that small town newspaper, he wouldn't have got half the mileage and exposure he's exactly. got of one video on YouTube. You know? so, mm-hmm. I, That's exactly it. And, you know, I mean, I understand wanting that, that small town connection, but you, you, there's, the opportunities now are really endless and, and incredible. Sure, sure. And it still accommodates local um, because mm-hmm. most people are on the internet in one way or another. So, exactly <clears throat> they'll still get you yeah so here, here's my big one for you because you've, mm-hmm. you've obviously met tons of uh, loads and loads of business people if you look at the ones you've met is there a habit or a characteristic um, or something special about the ones who become su- successful compared to the ones that don't become successful I think the biggest thing is just being very patient you know patient. Um, Building a business and going through a PR strategy, you know, I always say it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. So people who are expecting immediate results, you know, at the snap of their fingers, you know, it's or skip steps and are rushing around. It's just not beneficial. You have to be so patient. You have to be empathetic. You know, it, it's, it goes a long way and these things take time. You know, everyone is so busy. Um, you know, whether I reach out to a reporter today, it could take them months to get back to me and you have to have that patience, but in those few months, you know, they could get back to me with a huge opportunity. So just Mm. really being patient and, you know, of course, everyone, everyone wants the immediate results, but I think you have to look at the bigger picture, um, you know, and have your plan for, five years down the line, 10 years down the line. And it's great to have those goals and you have to understand there are many steps and it takes a lot of time to get there. Right. Well, you know, we're almost out of time, uh, Charlotte. Can you tell our audience how they can contact you? Of course. So the best way would be to go to lenarosepr.com and there is a contact button. So you can just fill out that form and we'll get back to you, you know, within 24 hours usually. Um, and if you want to connect on Instagram, it's at Lena Rose PR and Facebook don't use too much anymore, but it's Lena Rose PR as well. Um, and yeah, it, even if you just have a general question, you know, we offer consulting calls rather than a whole campaign. So I'm always happy to answer anyone's questions. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for having me. And thank <laughs> you for always interviewing my clients. And yeah, no, we, look forward to, we look forward to interviewing yes, more. We do. And, <laughs> and next year, some of the some of the ones that have grown under your direction, we'd be happy to have back. Oh, that uh, would be great. Yeah. Absolutely. And you, you mentioned Jane Stoller. I'd be interested mm-hmm. to see how she's got on because she was sort of yes. still in the early stages when we interviewed her about a year ago. Yes, yeah. I need to send her back your way. <laughs> and there was another another one that looked really interesting and she was going to book and she didn't. Then a few weeks later, she was going to book and she didn't. And we never we never did interview her. I'm trying to think of her name. I have to look uh, through. I'll do some <laughs> research and we'll we'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah, because she when I looked at her website, I thought she'd be a good one, you know. So anyway, great. <laughs> thank you. And thank, thank you, you all so, much. so very much for tuning in to our show. We so appreciate you. And uh, until next time, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye bye.